if you have unfiled tax returns, multiple years of unfiled tax returns, and you're going to mail these tax returns into the IRS, you're going to prepare them in your tax software, uh, you're going to sign them, date them, mail them into the IRS. Should you put them all in one envelope or in separate envelopes per return? That is the question uh, that this individual asked uh, on Reddit recently. Um, apparently, they haven't they, they they have not filed their 2020, 21, and 2022 tax returns. Uh, they're ready to send them in, right? So they prepared them, but they have a question, and, and here's their question. Um, as stated above, question is: Should I send them all in one envelope or separately? One check or three? And furthermore, should I estimate my penalty and include that with my payment and a letter begging mercy? If so, how do I estimate the penalty amounts? What's the right approach? I'm going to deal with each of these questions one by one. Let's start with the first one. Uh, should I send them all in one envelope or separately? Uh, I would highly recommend if you intend on paper filing these returns to put them each in their own envelope. Yes, this will cost a little bit more, uh, especially if you're employing the best practice of sending them via certified mail uh, so that you can know uh, the certified mail with return receipt, so that you get the return receipt back, letting you know the IRS uh, did actually receive the mail. So it's going to be a little more costly, a little more time consuming to separate them into three separate envelopes. Uh, but the reason for this is because, and I have personally had this happen when I was a rookie CPA, uh, we, we had the client come in, sign the returns, and then we mailed them. Um, we, I put them all in one envelope, and I mailed them all to the IRS. I figured, well, they're all going to the same place. Come to find out the IRS only processed that first one that was in the envelope when they opened it. And I don't know what happened to the other two, right? So we had to resubmit the other two. Basically, what I'm saying is that when you're dealing with paper in the IRS, processing mistakes can happen. Human error can happen. There's a person at the IRS opening, right, the envelope, saying that, oh, this is the 2019 return or 2020 return or whatever, and then processing it right? And mistakes can happen. So for this reason, I would um, put them in separate envelopes. Let's take a step back here. Um, this individual is asking this question in late December uh, when I'm creating this video. And I, I assume this individual is intending to uh, file these returns via paper mail right now because e-file has shut down until the next filing season, which, which starts in January uh, next month. Um, I would say, look, uh, 2020, yeah, you're going to have to paper file that one. But you could e still e-file 2021 and 2022 when e-file opens up again in a few weeks. Okay, so 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 that's another option here. Um, uh, when you e-file, you can e-file the last three years of return. So when e-file opens again, this individual will be able to file 21, 22, and obviously their 2023 tax return. 2020 was still to be paper filed. So to avoid three envelopes and you know th three certified mail with return receipt, uh, you could just wait a few weeks to file 21, 22, uh, but get 20, uh, 2020 return in, in the mail now. Um, next question. <clears throat> one, uh, let's go back to the screen here. Uh, next question. Uh, one check or three. Um, I would, I would again, recommend, if you're gonna be sending them in separate envelopes, right, you're not gonna be filing any of them, you're, you're dead set on paper filing, fine. You're gonna be sending them in a separate envelope, separate check in each envelope, right? With the tax year on there, right? Your SSN in the memo line. Even better option though, than depending on a paper check being processed correctly and applied correctly, uh, is to just pay online. 
you can go to irs.gov slash payments uh, slash direct dash pay. Go down here, uh, click make a payment. You'd select balance due, um, apply payment to income tax, and then you select the year right here and then make each payment separately. Uh, you know, you'll get a receipt, a confirmation. Um, that, that's, that's, what I, that's what I would do um, if, if I were in this individual situation where they, they have the means to pay the tax due. Um, I would just, I would, I would make that payment now, right, before they even uh, mail it in. And that would minimize a little bit uh, penalties and interest, uh, potentially. And speaking of penalties and interest, let's talk about uh, the next part of the question here. Uh, furthermore, should I estimate my penalty and include that with my payment uh, in a letter begging mercy? <laughs> uh, I would say in our experience, uh, it's better to wait until the penalty has been assessed before you try to go for abatement. Okay, that's just our experience. Uh, I don't have a chapter and verse in the IRM for that, but that is that has just been our experience, right? And because at this point, because the returns have not been filed and presumably no SFRs have been prepared by the IRS for these tax years, these are pretty late tax years for, for SFRs we've prepared yet, um, uh, no penalties have been assessed yet, right? The penalties won't be assessed until the tax return is processed. So I would say, based on our experience, just wait um, uh, until the IRS sends you the bill right? They're going to process these returns, send you the CP14 with the breakdown of the tax you owe, penalties, and interest. Then at that point, you could uh, request penalty abatement. Um, <clears throat> uh, if so, how, how do I estimate the penalty amounts? Well, uh, I, I, I just said you, sh you shouldn't do that. What, what's the right approach? Um, and, you know, when it comes to penalty abatement, there's a, a couple uh, ways you can approach it. The first is reasonable cause, which is basically making uh, an argument to the IRS that you um, uh, you had reasonable cause. You had a good reason to not file these returns and pay the taxes uh, you owe. Okay, so that's reasonable cause. Uh, there's also first-time abate, which basically um, is on the basis of, look, IRS, I've been a very good taxpayer historically. Uh, so on that basis, uh, pleads abate um, uh, some of the penalties and the interest on the penalties on my account. And in this case, presu presuming that the taxpayer had a good uh, compliance history, uh, he may be able to get the penalties for tax year 2020 abated um, under first time abate. But um, anyway, yeah, that, that's how I would approach uh, this issue. Please let me know uh, if you have any comments or, or questions about why I thought through this the way I did uh, down in the comment section uh, of this video. Thanks for watching, folks. See you in the next video. Bye-bye.